Today, um, I'd like to talk to you about uh, what kind of legacy are you going to leave um, your family? Hello? Um, because we all, you know, like it or not, we all are going to leave a legacy, whether it's good or bad. And, you know, looking back on when I started, um, you know, I had some struggles uh, as I was growing up, and there was some issues. Um, and I started out as being a father in a not very good way. And in Proverbs 16.25, it says, There is a way that seems right to a man and appears straight before him. But at the end of it is the way of death. You know. And I thought I knew what I was doing. And um, you know, as we get through the story today, you'll find out that I didn't have a clue. But uh, I just want to uh, watch a quick video here. Where'd you learn that song? You, Daddy. Uh oh, you ready to go? Mm-hmm. Driving through town, just my boy and me, with a happy meal in his booster seat. Knowing that he couldn't have the toy till his nuggets were gone A green traffic light turned straight to red I hit my brakes and mumbled under my breath His fries went a-flying and his orange drink covered his lap Well, in my four-year-old said a four-letter word It started with S, and I was concerned So I said, son Now where'd you learn to talk like that? He said, I've been watching you, Dad, ain't that cool? I'm your buckaroo, I want to be like you And eat all my food and grow as tall as you are We got cowboy boots and camo pants, yeah, we're just alike We got back home and I went to the barn I bowed my head and I prayed real hard Said, Lord, please help me help my stupid self Then inside of bedtime later that night Turning on my son Scooby-Doo night light He crawled out of bed and he got down on his knees He closed his little eyes, folded his little hands Spoke to God like he was talking to a friend And I said, son, now where'd you learn to pray like that? He said, I've been watching you, Dad, ain't that cool? How many can relate to that? I can, because <clears throat> the good and the bad part I can relate to. Um, you know, I'll never forget, it's about 10 years ago, I'm driving my kids to school, my sons, and my oldest son is sitting here, the younger one's sitting there, and 
we're getting about halfway across 172. It's about a 15-minute ride, and we talked about the Packers. We talked about the weather. We talked about what they're doing in school that day, and I looked over after a couple minutes. We're driving, and I look over there, and they're just staring out the window into oblivious, and I'm thinking, hmm, I've been here before. It's 25 years ago, but I was sitting in this seat. My dad was sitting here. Now I switched over, and the same things same relationship I had in that truck 25 years ago, I've reproduced now. How many people can relate to that? And I didn't like it. I didn't like it for me because, you know, it's monkey see, monkey do. If you don't know any different, um, you can't do any different. Uh, And that's the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. And that was me, but I didn't know. Um, And I wanted to change but I, I didn't have a clue. And, um, you know, God revealed to me, you know, as I was reading some scriptures, um, how many people have heard of the, uh, the story about the man who went away for a year and gave one servant five talents, ten talents, and the other one, or no, it's five, three, and one. Sorry about that. Um, been hit in the head one too many times. Sometimes the story doesn't get straight. But uh, anyway, so the man gave these guys talents, and he comes back in a year, and he calls them back in and says, what did you do with the talent that I gave you? The first man comes in, and he gives them five talents and gives them another five and said, here's what I did. I went out and earned five more, and he said, great job. The second guy comes in, he gives him the three talents and gives him three more, and he said the same thing. And then the man with the one talent comes in, And here's what he had to say. He said, uh, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there, you have what is yours. But what did his Lord say? You wicked and lazy servant, you knew I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. And then it goes on to say that, that man that was wicked and lazy and afraid, he had his talent taken away and given to the man that had five originally. Now he's got 10 and 11 for those mathematicians out there. Um, but anyway, so he had what was given to him taken away from him. And it kind of pricked my heart. You know what? There's studies out there that show that after two years of college, I believe, like 80% of the kids in churches like this lose their faith. And I was headed in that direction if I didn't change. And, you know, I'll show you a picture of my family. You know what? I've got a lot of reasons not to bury my head or bury my talents because um, I've been given a lot. i got to be able to give it back. And, you know, just a funny little thing that, you know, they say... um, or I've heard it said that uh, the more children you have, the more selfish you are. And you need that to, to be a giving person to get you out of your selfishness so you can see what kind of a person I have been. Um, but uh, anyway, you know, I don't want to lose any one of those. Okay, I want to be able to stand on judgment day and say, here, Lord, you gave me this. Here's multiples of what you gave me. But how do I do that, you know? What I did was I abdicated my authority first to my wife. She had a better upbringing than I did. She had a clue of what she was doing parenting. 
I was passive-aggressive. You know, I'd let certain things go, and then all of a sudden I'd snap, and people walked on eggshells. That's no way to treat your family. Um, so I gave my authority to her. Then I gave it to the church. Okay, the church is there to help us, not to do our job for us. And then I gave it to the school because we sent our kids to a private Christian school. So I'm thinking, well, my bases are pretty much covered. My wife runs the home. Uh, the church is there on the weekends. And during the week, my kids are in a, in a Christian school. So, you know, I've get, I'm pretty good. Uh, but you know what? I'm going to be held responsible for how they turn out. And, you know, I heard it said that evil is caused by good people doing nothing. And basically, that was me. I was floating because I was afraid. I didn't have a good example growing up. What was I going to do? You know? So I uh, did a lot of research and got involved in a program called Life Skills. And I'm not saying that Life Skills is the end all and be all because Jesus healed people in all kinds of different ways. There's no formula for anybody to get healed or to get set free from the stupidity of what they do. Okay, God uses all kinds of different forms, whether it is a Bible study, it's counseling, it's life skills, it's accountability group, you name it, he uses it all. Okay, so I'm not saying that life skills is the only way, it just helped me tremendously. But um, give you a little insight on how we impact our family. My daughters, I have four of them, okay? And if I do not show them how they need to be treated with love and respect and validate them, they're going to go out somewhere and find that. And I don't want that because I was a teenage boy at one time, and I know what that's all about. And I do not want that for my daughters. Okay? And if they do not get it from me, they're seeking it through their husbands eventually, and their husbands can never fulfill that role. And there's always going to be uh, an issue there because you know instinctively that you're not supposed to be with a parent and a child. And basically that's what it gets into if you're looking for your husband to validate you because it can't happen. With the sons, okay, if I don't show them how to love and respect their mother and treat women, you know, and take the proper authority in their life and, and bond to their mother then eventually it could happen that their mother bonds with them. And God made it so that we, can, we should only bond or we will only bond as men to one woman. Okay? And that's where the dreaded mother-in-law comes about because, because this situation is the mother and the son are bonded emotionally. The wife sees it. And that was meant for her. And she can't get to it. And she fights against that because that's hers, and she can't get it. Okay, so that's passed down from generation to generation, and you'll see in those kind of homes that the wife is reading novels and watching soaps, and the husband is gone. I mean, he's just gone. Okay, um, so I don't want to get too involved in that, but you know, those are the things that I have to watch out for that I set a good tone in my family. In Proverbs 22.6, it says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Okay? And that can also be good and bad, you know, because I found out, too, that we are so 
faithful and loyal to our family of origin that we'll actually divorce our wife and disown our kids so that we do not, you know, go against the family of origin, even if it's all screwed up, okay? And we can't do that. I've come to figure out, you know, that, you know, in, in my past, you know, I love my parents. They did the best they could with the knowledge they had. I'm not here to, to vilify them at all. You know, they did better for me than what was done for them. And there's certain things that I'm forever grateful that they did for me. Okay, they gave me a great moral compass. Um, but I didn't know how to receive love or give love. Couldn't relate to my kids. I had anger issues. I was mean. Very critical and judgmental and had zero friends because I didn't want anybody to know what I was like. Because if they did, they would reject me too, and I couldn't stand that. Okay? But eventually, you have to let someone in. Because doing the same thing over and over again is a definition of insanity, expecting a different result. If you want something you never had, you've got to be willing to do something you've never done. And I was a control freak. I didn't want to let the control go. But I had to. I felt like a bull on ice. I had all this power, but I couldn't get any traction with it because I didn't know what to do. Deer in the headlights. Where are you going to go? I have no idea. But one of the things that I, that I read that kind of hit me right between the eyes is those who control the most love the least. It's like, ugh. Because I was a control freak. But thank goodness my wife went... And heard Dr. Paul, who's the founder of Life Skills, and she's like, "You got to get into that program." And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, whatever. You know, it's another thing that you got to do. You know, I've been through some counseling and this, that, and the other, and a bunch of self-help books, and been on the been on the trip for a long time, and still banging my head uh, against the wall." Um, if you saw in the picture, my number two son, the taller one, his head is kind of more oval-shaped. That's the way mine started out, but with all the bangs like the Fred Flintstone bumps, <laughs> it's ended up square. Um, so anyway, I had to figure out, you know what, I had to humble myself. I had to reach out and ask God for help. He's waiting there to help us, but we've got to get to the end of ourselves. Sometimes that's a very scary proposition, you know, because we think we got it all together and, you know, our life is just set. And if anything changes, it's not good, you know. It's kind of like how they get uh, the cherries out of the cherry tree. They grab a hold of it with a machine and shake the snot out of it until all the fruit comes out. Sometimes God has to grab a hold of us at the base of us and shake us and find out what comes out. When my fruit came out, it was kind of ugly. You know, uh, but I didn't know where to go. And, um, you know, a lot of people are that way. And thank goodness I, I found life skills. You know, it's kind of like Alice in Wonderland. When she came to the forks in the road and, and a cat was standing there, she asked him, uh, what road should I take? And he asked her, well, where are you going? Well, I don't know. Well, then any road will get you there. You know, we got to figure out where we're heading, okay? And I went to get help from a, a guy, too, outside of life skills, and, you know, I've read books and all kinds of things. Like I said, life skills is not the only thing. But this guy was very good at strategic planning, and um, he's very good spiritually. And 
he challenged me. He said, why are you here? What are you created to do? And as I was growing up, you know, I had a lot of issues, and it made me very mean and angry, like I told you. And I always thought that my way out was the NFL. You know, I played for 11 years. and was the best in the world at my position at one time. I thought that was it. But you know what? That didn't satisfy. I was here to do something more than that. What was it? And finally, after about nine or ten years, like I said, I'm a quick study. I finally figured that out after the NFL. And he asked me, and I could tell him, but it was kind of jumbled up. You know, it said something to the effect that I'm here to help other people get past their garbage, encourage them, and help them uh, to have a better relationship with their family, uh, whether it's their dad, mom, brothers, sisters, whatever, and a better relationship with God, make them more open to that. And so he handed me his personal mission statement. And I have one for you guys at the end that you'll get one of these. And anyway, here's what mine says. And you can take it and and just copy it, you know, because I took his and it was so good that I'm like, hey, I could just cut and paste that and use that. And he said, go ahead. But I changed a few words and you can do the same if you don't have one. If you do, great. Just be thankful that someone or God has helped you with that. Because, you know, a lot of people struggle. Where do you go? What direction do you go in? I will love and serve God, my family, and others in that order by intentionally loving, or excuse me, living a Christ-centered life worthy of being followed. I will persevere and be known by his spirit in me. Okay? Because I truly believe once we figure out where we're going, what we're headed for, it's like me as a little kid. I knew I wanted to play in the NFL, and everything I did was based on that. Is it going to hurt me get to my goal? Yes, then I don't do it. Is it going to help me? Yes, then I'll do it. Is it neither good nor bad? Well, that's my choice. And once you figure out what you're here to do, what you're called to do, it makes life a whole lot easier. All this stuff goes away, and you can see clearly. Okay? And then, you know what? And then as fathers, your family lines up. Your wife gets behind you. Your kids start to see the difference. Okay, and so in the process, you know, I figured that out. And you know what? I want to encourage you guys, the guys that have it, you know, help other people out. If you've been blessed with that, reach out and help someone. Don't just keep that knowledge to yourself. Because I'll tell you what, I've become a facilitator for life skills, and I told you I'm a quick study. I've done it ten times. I'm still learning things. Okay. Um, but in the process, you know, it started out as ugly in my family. And I actually read my wife's prayer journal um, uh, seven, eight years ago. It was laying there. I just picked it up. And, uh, you know, I, I thought I was doing good as a husband and father. And, you know, I wasn't. You know, if you want to find out how you're doing as a father, as a leader, you look at your wife and your kids. How do they respond to you? Because they take your lead. Okay? They respond to you. It could be good, bad, indifferent. And so anyway, uh, mine was bad because it said something to the effect that God helped me because I can't trust him. I don't respect him. And it's hard to love him. 
Now, that was, you know, like America's Funniest Home Videos. You know, you see the guy getting hit right between the legs. That was one of those shots for me. I just sat there. It's not at all what I thought I was going to read. I needed help. And so, you know, over the years, God has showed me that i got to serve her. Just like Pastor Mark says in Laugh Your Way to a Better Marriage. Be nice to the girl. Okay, When you start leading and being nice and caring for them, not just what they can do for you, but really care about them, give them what they need, you know, things will come around. And as I've gone through life skills, I finally figured out that, you know what, when I give, you know, when I help other people through their garbage, God makes it better for me. Because we're uh, counseling a couple that are kind of being a referee for a couple that have been, um, you know, have gone through life skills, and sometimes they just need help. They need mediation. And in the process of that, you know, she actually said some things that kind of floored me. She said, you know what, I love him. I enjoy being around him. I like him. She always loved me, I think, and she'll tell you that. She just didn't like me. Okay? It's it's a choice. You love. It's a choice. Uh, But she didn't like me very much. And she said she respects me. And I think if you would ask her, she would say she trusts me now. And that's just out of reaching out and helping someone else through their garbage, helping them to reach their goals. God is making it possible for me to reach mine. When I forget about me and quit being selfish, you know, I have six kids, so that means I'm pretty selfish. So when I get my eyes off of me and start helping other people, God makes it happen for me. And one of the things that I use now is I found this book. It's by Joyce Myers. Um, it's basically reading scripture, uh, the, secret, the Secret Power of Speaking God's Word. I use this almost every morning. And there's a couple verses, a couple of these in here that really got my attention. I am not mean, bad-tempered, and angry. I will not quarrel and say harsh words. These things should have no place in my life. I am kind to my wife, tender-hearted, forgiving, just as God has forgiven me because I belong to Christ. And then the other one that kind of, kind of like the control one that kind of hit me, I give honor to my wife. I treat her with understanding as we live together. She may be weaker than I am, but she is my equal partner in God's gift of new life. If I do not treat her as I should, my prayers will not be heard. I was like, ugh, no wonder I've been spinning my wheels for so long, you know? And then here's a couple that I pray over my kids. My children are not unequally yoked with unbelievers. My children walk and live habitually in the Holy Spirit, responsive and controlled and guided by the Spirit. You know, because, you know, we need to take back what the devil has stolen from us through whether it's laziness on my part or abdicating my authority or being afraid. We need to stand up and say, enough is enough. Because I want to be able to hand my kids over with their kids and their husbands and wives and say, here, you gave me this. I'm giving you this, Father, on Judgment Day. We have now um, 
And I'm just giving you suggestions. You don't have to do all this at once. We have a scripture of the week. We have a family night and try to have devotions with that family night. The other night we didn't, but, uh, you know, that's part of it. To give you a little hope and a little insight, because I told you that, um, well, my number two son, I'll backtrack a little bit, um, the one that has the head that's shaped like mine when I was a kid, the taller one, um, you know, for a long time, I used to pound on him emotionally, verbally. And I never saw it. Well, I did, but he just irked me at times, you know, because... And I, I didn't see this part of it. He's just like me. And it just irritated the snot out of me. And then my wife told me that. And it's just like, ugh. I, I see my mistake. And over the years, when I would tuck him in, I'd say, I love you. And he would give me one of these. Or, yeah, okay. And that hurts. But I set it up. About two months ago, sorry, no crying in football, I know. Uh, About two months ago, we went down to a junkyard. It was kind of like a Grandpa John's, if anybody are gearheads, which I am. Uh, I make my kids pay for half of their car and I match it as long as they're getting good grades and stuff like that. Well, Nathan is taking a little different route. Uh, got a couple of them. So uh, <laughs> the one he drives every day uh, needed some work. And so we went down to a junkyard and we spent all most of a day picking out parts off of junk cars and we're kind of like hogs in the slop, you know, having a good time. And I really enjoyed that, that time with him. And uh, that night, that night, he's going to bed, and I just, oh, thank you. I, uh, I just gave a shot, said, Nathan, I love you. He stops, he's walking down the hall, he stops, he turns around, and he goes, I love you too. Wow. God is good. Because in my own, I would never have been able to get to that point. And not that he's the only one that I've had issues with, but there's not enough time to talk about all the other stuff. (laughs) Uh, But... I just want to give you guys hope. If you haven't done it right, or if you're struggling, there's help out there. Reach out and get help. And for you guys that know the right way to do it, reach out and make it possible for someone else. Okay? Get out of yourself, out of your comfort zone, reach out and help someone else. Because hopefully, the reason I do it is I wish somebody would have done it for me as a little kid. And so... You know, I want to give that to someone else so they can be the proud dad, that their kids love them and respect them, and their wife loves them too. That's basically the reason I do it, and I want to encourage you guys to do it whenever you can.
Okay, I'd like to uh, conclude with a, a prayer for the fathers, if you wouldn't mind standing up. Okay. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this opportunity to speak into the men's lives. and I just pray that, um, that you would um, give an attaboy to the guys that have done it right, and you, you would shake them also and get them out of their comfort zone if they're not helping other people, that you would give them the ability to reach out and make a difference in someone else's life. And Father, I just pray for the guys that maybe are struggling and have not done it right, but are trying, or even just getting to the point, Father, where they, uh, they're they thinking about trying, that, that we would all humble ourselves and seek you for wisdom so that we can lead our homes. So on Judgment Day, we can give the talents back to you with a multiplication effect, Father. And I just thank you for the fathers that um, are committed and they're here today, and I just pray a blessing upon them and their day and their family. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Dad, you don't know it right now, but I'm watching you. Watching the things you do. I'm watching the way you treat people. The way you treat me and my mom and my sister. The way you live your life is having a big impact on me. When it's time for me to choose a career and provide for my family, your work ethic will be on my mind. The time you spend with me even doing simple things will give me a sense of security. There will be times in my life where I struggle with integrity and I may be not sure what to do. But I will recall how you stood up for what was right even if you could have looked the other way. Choices you are making, I will also make. Please don't be afraid to show me your failures, to show me your mistakes. I will learn from them. Dad, are you listening? I'm watching. Watching to see if you really believe what you say about God. I need you to help show me the way. Show me how to live life that isn't safe, but is good. So I'm watching you, Dad, every day. You're teaching me how to live. Whether you know it or not. Yes. 
If I could have our worship team and ushers come forward as we prepare to serve communion. What a message. I tell you what, nothing is more difficult sometimes than standing in front of your own body, your own family, and admitting your faults. But the wonderful thing is we serve a God that is not ashamed or afraid of our weaknesses or our faults. But we serve a God who has wired us in a way to need him. Because it's not always about us fixing ourselves and fixing everything. It's about us realizing our need for him. Because if we were able to fix everything, if we were able to be the perfect dad, and we did it all right, if we were able to be the perfect mom, and do everything right just by ourselves, when would we see our need for him? That he gives us a strength, that he gives us an ability to be strong in areas where we are so weak. I thank God that he's in the business of perfecting this. That he, from the very, very beginning of time, before the foundations of this earth were ever established, I, you, were an object of his affection. Wired to have a relationship with him. He is, once again on this Father's Day, our Heavenly Father and desires for us to come into that place in our life where we realize our need for him and maybe that's you this morning maybe you're here and even though this message was more or less tailored for the father about the legacy maybe you are here and you're recognizing your need for jesus yourself maybe you've been inside of the church maybe you have gone to many different types of denominations you've heard of jesus you know of him but you personally can say to yourself i don't know him personally and today i want to but how we're going to say a prayer together here this morning all the bible says is that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that jesus christ is lord you will be saved and then we can begin to talk about a legacy that will outlast us all a legacy that continues to change and affect lives forever Let's pray this family together. Please repeat after me. Say, Dear Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God and that you love me so much. You went to the cross and took my punishment. I ask you to come into my life and to forgive me of my sins. I now surrender my life to you. Amen.